welcome back to the Connected Podcast. I am your host, Rudy J. Today, I am joined by Leah Brathwaite. Leah is a soul advisor, a mindset coach, an author, entrepreneur, and a travel-loving Sagittarius. I have had the pleasure of having a few really connected conversations with Leah over the years. We have met in person a handful of times, and I can't explain it. I've always felt such a call and connection to this woman, and it's becoming clearer as time goes on. This conversation is a testament to that the power of living a life that is not in alignment with who you are, where you're at, what your heart and soul are really searching for. So in this conversation, we talk about Leah's experience getting everything she wanted from the outside in, but then completely feeling like she had betrayed herself, feeling like she was in the wrong life. And we talk about what that looked like for her taking steps to then get out of that life from the house to the husband, the dream career, and how she rebuilt. So Leah's taken some crazy steps in the last few years. She's written a book. She's moved to Vancouver from Ottawa. So she's changed cities. And I wanted to pick her brain on what all of this looked like, what that compass was that helped her navigate making those decisions, trusting herself. And then we talk about an upcoming program that Leah is leading called the Live Free Lifestyle. And I don't know about you guys, but after having this conversation and hearing what it is all about, not only does the world need this, but I'm speaking to us women in particular, because we are intuitive. We are very empowered, but I feel like our sensitive natures tend to get lost, tend to get dampened. And without getting too dark, I will say that this is a program that is calling for not only myself, but anyone out there who feels like they need to get reconnected, re-inspired, and just back on track. And I use the word track loosely, your track, whatever that looks like, your unique way. So I'm rambling a little bit now. This conversation truly, honestly lit me up. We didn't have a clear game plan getting into it and it flowed so naturally. So I hope you guys get so much out of this. Please follow the links below the episode if you want to connect with either Leah or myself on social or send us a message. We are always open. Share this podcast episode on your social media if you are getting quality out of it, if you know someone who needs to hear any part of this episode, any of these messages. I really want to spread the word and continue to grow this platform. So without further ado, let's get Leah onto the episode. Leah, welcome to the Connected Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today. How are you? I'm so good. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love that we're going to have this conversation. I know. I feel like I've been floating in and out of here. Like, I can't explain it. I'm always just like, Leah, what's happening? I feel like we need, we need to talk. We need to connect. We need, and then it's like, well, maybe I just need to record this and put it out. And like, I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) Totally. 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 I'm so stoked. Yes. So let's jump in here. I would love to talk to you about, um, I don't, was it about a year ago that you released your book or give me the timeline on that, but a little bit longer in 2019, it came out in 2019. So like COVID just created like a blip, 
you know, it's like a vortex. I'm like, wasn't that like a few months ago? It's like, actually it's been three years. You're like, oh, great. Forever and yesterday all at the same time. Yes. Okay. So your book, A New Way of Life, A Guide for Transformation from Living a Lie to Freeing Your Soul. I don't just want to talk about the book itself, although please share a little bit about it, but I would love to pick your brain on what went into that process. What was that experience like for you? And how has it been actually post release? (laughs) It's been so great. It's so interesting to see like a little part of your heart and soul out in the world in people's hands. And I still get tagged in posts and people saying, I loved your book. It helped so much. So that feels really, really nice. But, um, essentially the premise of the book is it's my personal story. So it's part memoir, but it's also part self-help guidebook. And it's helping people who feel like they're sort of stuck in this life that they've created for themselves that doesn't actually feel authentic to them. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's the relationship, the job, just the the circumstances that you find yourself in. I think most of us can relate to a time in our lives where we realize like, hold on a second, this is actually where I'm meant to be. Am I just saying everything's fine and smiling? Am I like lying to myself and others? Or is this exactly what I want out of life? Am I feeling like I'm fully invested and fulfilled with what's going on here? So um, the book itself, like the story of it, but also the process of it was really my own sort of journey through self-discovery, finding myself at this point in my life where I had everything that I thought I wanted. I had two houses. I had a husband. We had a dog. We were going on vacations. We had two cars. Everything felt like it was, quote unquote, the way it was supposed to be. And I had one of those, what I call an oh shit moment, where I was standing in the kitchen of my dream home and realized, oh shit, I don't feel connected to any of this. It was like, I found myself in somebody else's life, even though I had consciously created everything, like down to the grout color of the, 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 um, kitchen backsplash that we had just like built. Um, but I just felt really lost and really stuck and didn't know where to go. So the book is the journey of how I found my way out, but the process of bringing that book to life was really me going through my own iterations and my own evolution and really finding myself really discovering who I was beyond what I was told I should be, who I was beyond what society says you should have and really coming into my own and deciding I want to live life on my own terms and I want to create a life that I really love. And I want to stop lying to myself and saying that what I'm doing for everybody else is what makes me happy. Um, living up to parents' expectations, living up to church expectations, living up to society expectations, that sort of thing. Um, and really discovering what my truth was, what my purpose was and standing in my power to create it for myself. Uh, that is powerful. Do you, how old were you? If you don't mind me asking when you were, I'm, I'm picturing you standing in the kitchen and like having this moment, like what was that how did you know? Like, what was that feeling? I'm like asking you like a million questions in one right now. Cause I'm like seeing it and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I know how so many people must be here. Like, how old were you when this happened? How did you know it was like, Oh, this is not it. And do you think you ignored signals along the way? 
Oh, hell yes. I <laughs> We all do. We're all like, we get these little whispers and they're really inconvenient. They're like, actually, maybe you shouldn't say that you're okay. Or actually, maybe you shouldn't go on that second date or whatever. We all have these like little moments where our intuition tells us something that feels inconvenient. That makes us think like, but it makes sense in my brain to do it, even though my body is like screaming, no, wrong way. So there were many, many instances along the way that I ignored, but most of us are conditioned to ignore our most, our highest authority or our intuitive knowing because it doesn't make sense and we can't explain it to other people. But um, when all of this happened, um, I either was just turning 30 or I just turned 30, but it was right around the 30 mark. Um, and at that point, I was like, part of me was like, well, I'm too old to start over. Look at all the things I've done. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, wow. At 38, I'm like, I was still just a baby. I had no idea. Um, but what was different about that time was the feeling was almost like this out of body experience, because I truly believe that our souls whisper to us all along the way. And then it comes as like bigger shouts, the more that we ignore it. So I had already had like a moment where I had like an oh shit moment when um, I developed a nerve condition that ended my career. That could have been the moment that I chose to be like, okay, there's some things about my life and about the way that I'm operating that aren't fully in alignment. And I did have a quick little glimpse into that, but I was too afraid to actually make any changes. So I just pretended that that didn't happen. And mm -hmm decided to double down on going to church and like being the perfect housewife instead of figuring out why do I, why do I feel like my world is falling apart? Yeah. Um, why don't I know who I am without my job? Yeah. So what was different about this time in the kitchen was it was like a feeling of my, my soul and my body kind of being two completely different things. It was like having a split conversation because I heard an audible voice within say, not for another second. Mm. And that's what kind of like snapped me into this moment of like, oh shit, what is happening? And I could see myself looking around. I could see myself observing everything in the house. And then I could also feel this disconnection. So it was like this identification of there's a part of me that is not my mind. Mm. And it is like calling for something. It is speaking to me right now. And what was different about this time, instead of pretending that it wasn't happening, I actually was like, this feels really real. And I honestly don't think that I can keep doing this for another second. Like, I can't keep pretending that everything is fine for another second. Mm. And so I was alone in the kitchen at that time. And then a few moments later, my um, husband at the time walked in and he kind of looked at me like, uh, y'all right? Cause I was just like <laughs> having this existential moment and instead of doing what I always did, which was say, yeah, everything's fine. I was like, no, I don't think I am. And in that moment of telling the truth was the moment that I felt the greatest relief pass through my body. It was like I had been holding my breath up until that time. And then there was equal parts of like fear and excitement because part of me knew like, all of this is going to go like, I don't know what, but I feels like all of this is going to go. And a part of me was like, Oh my God, she's finally listening. Like we're finally breathing. We're finally living authentically. We're finally telling the truth. 
And that was the beginning of the whole journey. It started off this huge experience of self-exploration. Um, and that's what led to this whole process of writing the book, creating this business, and then coaching all of these other women to find their own truth, to find their own purpose, to step into their power and to create their lives according to their highest, truest desires. Mm. And what were some of the first steps that you took after having this moment, this deep realization that you could not go forward as you are? I love this question so much because I think most people in that situation and me just even a few years earlier when I had um, lost my profession, mm. um, I had read a self-help book and it was asking all of these, it was like asking these really deep questions about like, figure out who you are and da, 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 da. And it felt overwhelming. And mm. when we sometimes think of like, well, there's a lot of things in my life that I think are going to have to change for me to actually be okay. It feels almost like there's too much to do. So you don't do anything at all. And what I always encourage my clients is to start with really small baby steps. So just one thing at a time. So first off was actually telling the truth in the moment of like, I think there's something not quite right here. And then the next thought that came after that was, I think I need to see a therapist. Mm -hmm. So I actually got, went into therapy. Um, and it was the first time I was actually having conversation with somebody who was holding space for all of me to be present and allowed and was asking me questions that I truthfully had never really contemplated before. Like, what do you want? I was like, what do you mean? What do I want? I want what everybody else around me wants for me and for them. I want to do what people want me to do. That's what I want. And she's like, no, no, no. But what do you want? Like what makes you happy? So that was a couple of the first little steps that I did. I first of all got support and then I started to just play around with things. And I actually Googled like what makes me happy because I had no idea at that point. Mm. And one of the things that I found was by going through my <laughs> Instagram and my social media, I was actually able to determine like what things lit me up, what things made me feel excited, what things I desired, what things I aspired to. And then from there, I started to make small steps in that direction. So um, yoga was something that kept coming up. I was so interested in following all these yogis, even though I had never really done yoga or I had done it, but many, many years in the past. And so I decided to start taking yoga and that was a huge opening. So it doesn't have to be like you quit your job, you break up with your boyfriend or whatever you completely, like you move to Bali and become a surfer, but you can start doing really small things by just following the little whispers of what make you feel excited and what make you feel like what bring you alive. So for me, it started off with yoga and that was a, a pivotal part that reconnected me to a spirituality that I had long since forgotten and replaced mm -hmm. with religion. And I dove into that and it, it eventually started to lead to the next step, to the next step, to the next step, to the next step. And something you said earlier there, I resonate so deeply. There are two voices and one is your mind. One is your brain. One is your, you know, your like empirical. Um, and the other is your, your spiritual, your, what you said, your, your highest self or your in tuned self. So how do we know you said, let's take these 
steps by listening to the whispers for someone who is like so deep in lost and and just not knowing, okay, where do I go? How do we know which voice is which? Mm, I love this question so much. And it's so hard to differentiate because sometimes our intuition and our fear get confused as being the same thing. And so the way that I kind of relate to it is your intuition or the voice of your soul is going to come in as something that's very clear and direct. And this is where I love to bring human design into the experience because we all have an inner authority. That is the way that we are truly meant to be navigating the world. Um, and there's varying ways of hearing it. So for me, because of the centers that I have defined in my human design, I have, um, either a feeling in my body of like expansion and excitement, like this yes feeling that's just coming from my sacral. Um, or that will also contract and feel like a no, if it's a no, but I also have the definition of my spleen, which is where your intuition sounds like an audible voice. You can like literally hear a directive saying, go this way or not for another second or say yes to this person or call Leah, which mm-hmm. I feel like you might, you might be hearing sometimes when you're like, Hey, I just thought of you or I just felt like intuitive nudge to, to reach out. So yes. I'm like, does she think I'm crazy? No, not at all. I'm like, girl, I get it. Um, so the more that you get in tune with your own self and the more that you can really just quiet out the outside noise that comes from your mind to really listen into what your authority or what your intuitive um, guidance is telling you, the better. And honestly, at first I was like, I just feel like a crazy person and I don't know if this is a real thing that I'm hearing or if this is like something else. I don't know if this is my mind, if this is my soul. There's a, a sort of a differentiation process that has to happen. But the more that you can find stillness and quiet. So meditation is a huge way to like bring yourself into a centered place where you can start to notice the working of your mind, but you can also start to feel into your body for that authority, that soul guidance that we all have. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from there, just practicing with it, learning to trust yourself, learning to build your confidence by taking small steps and small actions in alignment with what feels truest for you. So you feel it in your body more than you think it in your mind. That is definitely the way that we are meant to operate in the world in alignment with our our souls. But most of us are, we think it in our mind and if it makes sense, then we do it. But our minds aren't programmed for our highest evolution. They're programmed for our survival. So they're only going to be able to relate to what we know from the past. They're not going to be able to be predictive of the future. They're really just going to take old information and translate it into best case scenarios for safety instead of our body or our souls are going to guide us forward into the next right step for us. Mm, I love that. And I think that's, that's like the key piece right there, because my next question was going to be, do you think there's a necessity to have both? Because do we always want to be operating from this kind of intuitive, like, I don't know, I think some people may interpret this as like really whimsical and really like, la la la, and it's not realistic. So there is this balance, perhaps that we can aim for and strive for. But being that like critical observer, almost of like, remembering this is past data, this is not current. So while we can draw on it to an extent, 
maybe we can't rely on it as like fully as we perceive or as we think we can. So like, what's that balance there? Totally. So, I mean, it might seem whimsical and la la la, not a real thing. And I think that's why most people don't want to follow their intuitive guidance. Mm. And they're like, well, that doesn't make sense. And what are people going to think? And I don't know how to explain to my mom when I'm saying I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to start this small business or whatever it is, or I'm going to travel wherever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we've been conditioned out of listening to our own inner authority instead. Um, and we just adopt this kind of, well, go with the flow of what everybody else is doing. So for us to live our highest and best lives, for us to live our true soul's purpose it is connected to that intuitive um, sort of meandering path that doesn't look like anybody else's. And that's Mm -hmm. exactly how you know you are following your authentic path. If it's not identical to the person next to you, if everybody's going to the same job, to the same place, on the same bus, every day, (laughs) to the same supermarket, you get the sense of like, wow, this is interesting. We're all doing the same thing. And that's where competition and that's where like comparison and all that stuff starts to come in. But if you're living according to your soul's true purpose and you're sharing your gifts with the world, the way that you are actually meant to, oftentimes it's not going to look like anybody else's path. And oftentimes it's going to make you question whether or not you're doing it right, because you don't have somebody to look at and say, well, they're doing it exactly the same way, but we're not all meant to do it the exact same way. So the thing with having the balance between your mind and your soul is allowing your mind to be a sort of this, um, not the guidance system, but, um, the support system that Mm. helps you to make life safe. Like we have two aspects of us. We have our human bodies that need our minds to keep us on track so that we're right eating regularly so that we're like living as a human. But then we also have this, this divine part of ourselves that nobody can explain this, this feeling part, this loving part, this part that doesn't make sense, Mm. that is meant to be fully expressed in the world. And that to me is what I call our souls. That's the truest part of us. That's the part that's like the energetic experience that's connected to the entire universe. And that's connected to everyone around us. Mm. And so we need both. It's not like never listen to your mind, never use your rational reasoning for things. But when you're making decisions as to your highest fulfillment, those are decisions that are meant to be coming from your soul because that's where your highest potential lives. So if you want to live this expansion of life, this continuous growing that's soul-based. If you want to stay safe and you want to do what everybody else is doing, that's mind-based. And you can survive there for quite a while, but there's going to be a moment where your soul is like, wake up. We did not come here to be small. (laughs) And it's going to call you for more. Oh my goodness. I have like full body goosebumps right now. Like it's, it's so true. And we, we, like you said, we can go for so long ignoring and being like, no, no, this is okay. I'm fine. This is, this actually works for me, (laughs) but this is a good segue. So I'm really curious, personally, you made a, made a big move, a physical move, a geographic move (laughs) to Vancouver. So speaking about talking or listening to your, your soul calling, 
Did you experience that in this decision? What has that been like? What is happening over there? Tell me everything. (laughs) Oh my goodness. This move to Vancouver has been like decades in the making. So Mm. I'll try to give you the Cliff's Notes version because it's quite long. But I, when I was growing up, my parents moved from Ottawa to um, Coquitlam, which is just outside of Vancouver for a couple of years. So I did half of grade eight, grade nine and grade 10 in BC. And then we moved back to Ottawa. I finished high school, lived there, got married, did all the things there. And when my marriage, actually, even when I was still married, I had always wanted to move back to BC. And my ex-husband and I at the time, like made several trips out here because I have family that lives here. And I was always like, we should totally move to Vancouver. I love it so much. And I was so obsessed with moving. And he was like, yeah, I mean, it's okay, but I'm not super excited about it. Um, And then when our marriage ended, I was like, that's it. I am moving to BC. F this. And I tried to put the house on the market so that I could just sell all the stuff, run away from Ottawa and (laughs) go start fresh in Vancouver. And even though the house was underpriced, it would not sell. Hmm. Like it just wasn't selling. And I was like, damn it, the universe isn't letting me run away and live my dream because (laughs) I actually have a bit more work here to do. So even though it was like a deep soul desire to move to BC, there was divine timing that needed to happen as well. So fast forward a couple of years later, I stay in Ottawa, decide again, get this call all of a sudden again of like, Ooh, you know what? I think it's actually time to move. I've like healed. I've integrated. I've learned a lot of lessons. I'm not running away anymore. This is more a sense of like, it's time to move. I feel this like calling. Maybe it's time to go now let me try putting the house on the market again. And so this time I overpriced it and within, it didn't even like hit MLS. It didn't even go live on the market within eight hours. It was sold. Oh my goodness. And I was like, okay, here we go. There's my sign. So I sold the rest of my furniture, packed up the final belongings that I had in my car. And I was like, I am driving across the country and I think I'm going to wind up in Vancouver. And I drove across the country and I got to Vancouver and it didn't feel right. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I've been waiting like my whole life basically to to move here. And it didn't feel right in my body. My mind was like, this makes sense. You're already here. You drove all the way. You sold everything. You told everybody you were going to move here. So you better do it. But my inner knowing was like, "Uh uh-uh, there's something else. There's something else. And the only thing that felt like it made sense, the only thing that felt true, even though it didn't actually make sense in my mind, was Toronto. I never lived in Toronto. I didn't know anybody that lived in Toronto, but I trusted that inner knowing. At this point, I had developed such a strong connection to my inner authority that I was like, all right, I'm doing it. So I drove all the way back from Vancouver to Toronto. Didn't know, I had one friend that lived in Toronto and that's where I landed. And the craziest part is that on the drive to Toronto is when I got the idea to write this book. Everything, I was downloading information. I was downloading the entire live free methodology as I was driving. Mm. So my soul knew that there was something else. My mind was like, this is so ridiculous. You're literally like five hours away from where you started after doing what, 3,500 kilometer drive. Mm. I landed in Toronto got myself situated, found an apartment super quick. And 
in Toronto through a series of so many wild and serendipitous events, I ended up sitting next to somebody in a conference who was a book coach who actually ended up being my book coach and my publisher. And I think, I mean, in hindsight, it makes sense. I'm like, I needed that sort of frenetic paced energy of Toronto to get this idea out of me. And I needed that long drive to really like distill down what my next step was. So I stayed in Toronto for um, just under a couple of years. And then my uh, the apartment that I was renting, it was like a fully furnished apartment. Um, the owner was like, I'm moving back from New York and I want my apartment back. And I was like, oh shit, I'm going to be homeless and it's going to be winter. Where am I going to go? I couldn't figure out where in Toronto I wanted to stay. So one of my friends at the time was like, well, if you can work, you can work from anywhere. So why don't you just go travel for the winter and then figure out where you want to go after? And I said, great idea. So I ended up going to Thailand for the winter, but had again, another strange sort of intuitive hit. And this was like the winter of like 2019 going into 2020. So I left Toronto in December and had planned to be away for all of the winter and then come back maybe in the spring sometime. But as I was booking my flights, I had again, one of those like audible distinct moments that said, book your flight for February 28th and go through Vancouver. And it was such a clear, audible, random thing that I was like, this doesn't make sense, but I'm going to do it anyways. So I booked my flight for the 20th of February, even though I was like, in my mind, I was like, I'll just probably end up postponing it and paying extra and leaving in March or April. I booked my flight. And as that date was getting closer, as I was enjoying my time in Thailand, it became more and more apparent that Vancouver was calling really strongly. Like, mm. I think it might actually be time for me to move there for realsies this time. But I was like, I'm not going to I'm I'm just going to let it unfold. So I flew back to Vancouver on the 28th. I found an Airbnb, stayed for a couple of weeks. But the day that I got there, I knew like, oh, I need to make this permanent. I need to be in Vancouver. So I had a conversation with the Airbnb hosts. That's a whole other story that'll take us into like a whole other thing, but mm-hmm. had a conversation with them. They just happened to be getting out of the Airbnb game. And they were like, oh, actually, we're looking for a long-term renter. If you want it, it's yours. And I was like, perfect. I just need to go back, get my car from my mom's place, and I will drive back and I will stay here for six months. So mm. I drove, I flew back to Toronto or just outside of Toronto to pick up my car and packed it up just as there was all of these announcements happening about the potential lockdown. All mm. of this stuff was coming around COVID about cities shutting down, countries shutting down, provinces shutting down, and Ontario was just about to shut down. So I had to make a game time decision there of like, do I do the thing that makes sense and maybe wait out this two weeks at my mom's place and then go to Vancouver after? Or do I start driving now and hope that I make it there in time without getting stranded anywhere? And my soul was like, it's time, like it's go time, like it's now or never time. So I started driving. And as I was driving through every single province, it was shutting down like right after I left, like the day after I left Ontario, Ontario shut down. The day after I left Manitoba, Manitoba shut down. Mm -hmm. And then when I finally got to Vancouver about a week after, or maybe I guess it was like five or six days, um, Vancouver shut down. And I was like, 
cool. I live here now. I know like two people and the entire province is shut down. And I had never felt more in the exact right place than I did then. Mm. So that was the beginning of it. And um, from there, it's been just an absolutely incredible experience. I've met my soul family here, like the relationships that I've built in the span of however long it's been, what, two and a half years, almost three years have been just incredible. I found an entire community that was so aligned. Um, I have some of the closest friendships that I've ever had in my life that have developed um, just from being here, being in alignment. And so this idea of following the whimsical path that doesn't make sense is truly the way that we are meant to connect with everything that is for us in our lives. Mm. Okay. I have some questions. I have some follow-up. <laughs> I'm like, there's too many of them. Okay. That, no, but that, that is amazing. So you write your book in Toronto, correct? You, you kind of complete that process in Toronto, tie that, tie that up in a way. And then you make the decision again to attempt to move to Vancouver. Correct. Okay. So you didn't get to Vancouver and start writing your book. It was okay. So are you doing this on your own at this point? Like you're traveling on your own. Who are you? Do you have like a soundboard that you were like, what am I doing? Does this, you know what I mean? No, (laughs) I mean, this is me literally just following my soul. And this is part of my own, um, evolution and design and human design. Um, it's to try like to be the explorer of life. So, I mean, yes, there were moments where I was like, mom, am I completely crazy? And she's like, you just do whatever feels good to you. And I'm like, okay. Um, and it's such a gift to have somebody who just believes in your ability to figure things out and to do things for yourself and just try it out. And she knows enough of like, obviously she's my mom. She knows me better than just about anybody, but she knows like, to let me have that exploration because the moment she's like, you should do this. I'm literally going to do the complete opposite. And I'm like, okay, you say that, but I'm just going to test it out for myself if that's really true. And then I'll, I'll get back to you. Mm. Um, so I was alone for so much of this, um, for all of it, actually. Like I, I had friends that I would be able to like talk things out with. And I had really close, um, relationships with people who would sort of serve as like, a sounding board when I'm like, am I absolutely crazy? And they're like, no, like this doesn't make sense. And it totally does at the same time. So really having like people that I could bounce ideas off of, but at the end of the day, it was really just me. Like I'm doing this and I'm telling you that I'm doing this. And I just want you to know that I'm having a hard time with this. Like it feels scary. And I feel like what is life? Mm -hmm. Um, but just having people reflect back to me, my highest potential or reflect back to me, the strength that they saw was what helped me to continue going. So I always say like to anchor yourself into a relationship that gives you the freedom to be yourself, that gives you the freedom to try things out. It doesn't mean you have to like not be in intimate relationships with people. Um, it's just making sure that you're listening to yourself first and you're not asking permission, you're, you're asking for support, if that makes Mm. sense. Yes. And I wanted to 
Yeah. I wanted to draw attention to that for a moment. Like you're in your car by yourself. You're making these decisions by yourself. There is a power in, in not, I want to say it's not independence. It's creating that relationship with self Mm -hmm. is so important. And yes, other people are there as mirrors and echoes and to help shape you. But I feel like oftentimes what like it, it can pull us from our our own clarity or our own path when we are so linked it closely in proximity or intimately with others, right? And it just correct me if I'm wrong, but it does sound like this journey was Leah and Leah. You know, like you were your biggest cheerleader. You were making those decisions. You needed to be in that space with yourself to get the clarity and to make the decisions. 100%. Um, yeah. Because I had tried life, like living by other people's standards and I lost mm-hmm. myself completely. I abandoned every aspect of my authenticity mm-hmm. to fit in, to belong, to, to do what everybody wanted me to do, to be liked. Mm-hmm. And this was like a reclamation of my own self. This was like a, what do I actually want for myself and from myself? And how do I want to live my life? And it was really important me for, for me to do that. And I think it's really important for everybody to do that, to be able mm-hmm. to come into contact with their most authentic self so that they know that they're living their life to the fullest. Like there is absolutely nothing worse than living with regret or living a half life or, mm. or not meeting your potential for what you're meant to do on this planet. So mm. I think the relationship to self, it truly is the foundation for every other relationship in your life. And when you can connect with who you are meant to be, like your soul, and you let that guide your way, it will lead you to all of the people, places, and circumstances that are meant to help you evolve to your highest expression. And on that, you recently shared an Instagram post and part of your caption that really, I was like, oh my goodness, (laughs) said, you can miss what is meant for you. And I was just like, it's funny enough, I've been sitting with that quote, like what's, what's meant for you won't pass you by. That's kind of like the, the standard. We, we all believe that. And we kind of, I almost feel it never sat quite right with me. Let's just say that. Like, I would always be like, well, but it, that sounds like kind of a cop out a little bit. It sounds like you don't really have to do the work if it's just going to show up for you. So I don't know how you fully interpreted that, but I would love if you could expand on that message. Yes. I, yeah, that was a profound experience having that, um, that sort of download come through because I was in that same field of like, what's meant for me will never miss me. And what misses (laughs) me was never mine. And I was like, (laughs) great. The universe is just this magical thing that I just, La la la. (laughs) And yes, it is. And also you do need to show up for things because Mm. that whole idea of you can actually miss what is meant for you was something that came through when I was um, in a medicine ceremony with ayahuasca. And I had all of these desires. And then I also was feeling really tired. And I was like, "Eh, do I really want to put out the effort? Do I really want to do this? And I think so many of us have these desires deep within us that we really wish that we could achieve or accomplish, or we have these dreams that at one point were so important to us. And then we realized like, 
it's kind of scary to go after your dreams and we don't really know anybody else who has done it. And it's going to look different than what other people are doing. And I might have to change things in my life. And those are the things that are truly meant for us. Those desires from our soul, they come through us because they are meant for us. They come through us as these dreams, as these visions, as these hopes, because they're meant for us to pursue. And so by aligning with our souls and doing the quote unquote work of like reprogramming our subconscious limitations, reprogramming the mindset that it has to make sense and it has to be done this one particular way and allowing ourselves to fully embody everything that we are, allowing ourselves to be fully expressed or as I call it, live free that's how we get to create this dream life that we have for ourselves. But we can absolutely miss the opportunities when they come for us if we're too afraid. And that's what I mean by we hear these little whispers like do this, go here, say yes, say no, or however your authority speaks to you. And those are constant opportunities. Those are things that are meant for us that we're meant to step towards. Hmm. But do we have the courage to do it? Do we have the courage when we get to that threshold and we have a choice point? Do we tell the truth or do we lie to ourselves and say, oh, you know what? I don't actually want it that bad. Or, mm-hmm. oh, you know what? Uh, I'm going to do it later. Oh, you know what? I'm going to wait until this, this and this lines up. Do we have the courage to actually lean in and move with love or like the power of our heart, which is our courage? Or are we going to let ourselves shrink back in fear? So it's this it's, it's a beautiful regret can be a beautiful thing because it teaches us the value of things. It teaches us the importance of things. Um, and it teaches us that we have so much more power than we give ourselves credit for. And to the person listening right now who is like, okay, this is all well and good, but they don't have the resources or feel they don't have the resources, whether it be like financial, maybe they don't even have a car, maybe they don't have support from someone. What advice would you give that listener right now to start? Mm -hmm. It's not something that requires money to pursue. Mm -hmm. It's really about getting yourself into the moment and being fully present to what's around you and what's available now, because we can all make excuses for the things that we don't have the money for, or we don't have the time for, or whatever it is. And the truth is, if it's a true desire, you will find a way. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that you need to spend money to do it, but it does mean that you might have to spend something else. There's always going to be an energy exchange for receiving. Either you're going to have to clear space or you're going to have to give some things so that you have space for something else to come in. So You can even go to the library and spend some time in the self-help section and allow yourself to get inspired, read books, to listen to podcasts, things that are going to start to change your mindset and give you the energetic capacity to build your reservoir enough to start taking bigger steps as they come. Mm. And then it's about continuing to make steps that feel aligned and building your your nervous system capacity to hold the charge that comes with making big leaps. Like there's a lot of things that I've done in my life that didn't make sense that I didn't have the money for right away that I didn't have, um, that I didn't know were going to work out. Like, let's be honest, being a single female driving across the country in the middle of a pandemic is probably not the best idea. Like it doesn't, (laughs) I wouldn't say it's like everybody should go and do that. Um, but it was something that 
I knew like I had built enough self-trust to be able to know that whatever happens, I can figure it out. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't putting myself necessarily in harm's way. I was putting myself in a position that, I mean, it wasn't comfortable. I was like nervous, but Mm -hmm. I also knew that I had enough resources to be able to support myself. So resourcing yourself energetically first, um, making sure that like your basic needs are, are covered. And then from there, building your resilience and your emotional capacity to hold discomfort, to hold that stretch that comes with growth. Because the more that you can get comfortable with being uncomfortable, the more that you can realize that, you know what, my highest expression and expansion is going to require some things to fall away. And it's going to require some, some courageous choices and actions, the faster you're going to be able to start to see results that are going to support you in continuing to grow. Mm. So I always like to say like, we move first and then the universe will respond. Like we take the first step and then the next step appears. If you're waiting for the next step appear to appear, if you're waiting for the money to be in your bank before you do something, you're always going to be waiting. So there's going to come a choice point where you're going to have to like take a leap of faith once you feel resourced enough and allow yourself to experience what it's like to be supported and to be met in a really powerful way. And I love what you said there about resourcing the nervous system, like the, the self that needs or requires, like just having your basic needs met, like that reframing the notion of what a resource is, because it doesn't have to be, and often it isn't money and like a physical material thing. And like, and taking the step and the universe will show you the next one. That is, ah, uh, we forget that. And we think, and we almost like, we're a little ignorant. Like we assume it's the other way. And we almost expect, we're like, no, no, no. Like it, it would happen if it was going to like be the thing, then it would like, just like show up there. And it's like, well, wait a minute. That that's too easy. You know? Yeah. So it seems like we're looking for this giant thing, this like voice of God from the sky. And really it's like, no, you know what? Like it's, it's by this book or it's like register for this program, call this person, have this conversation. It's like the small thing right in front of you. So if you're looking around feeling lost in your life, there's something right under your nose that is like, Um, it's this thing. That's the next step. Amen. And I think Maybe, hopefully, this segues into your upcoming program, The Live Free Lifestyle. So I am hyped from this conversation, and it, I hopefully it can give listeners a little bit of insight um, as to like what this program is a little more, because you designed it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so share that. Yeah, um, so this is my, up until this point, my life's work. This is the exact steps that took me from being so lost and scared and stuck in my life to actually building and creating this lifestyle that is rich and abundant and fulfilling and meaningful and purposeful and is helping me to share my gifts in the world. Mm. And so the Live Free Lifestyle is essentially a program that brings you back into alignment with your truth it reconnects you to your purpose and it helps you to stand into your power mm-hmm. so you have the confidence, you have the clarity of where you're going, you know exactly what you're meant to be doing next, and you have a repeatable sequence to go through every time you elevate and every time you expand. And I literally use this 
all the time. Like I, I use this, this system all the time. And it's so funny. I had a client, um, of mine, one of my favorites, she's such a brilliant woman in the world. And she just reached out, um, recently we did the live free lifestyle together. She was in like one of the very first rounds in like two and a half years ago. And she shared on her Instagram. She's like, I'm going through the process again. Like it's a repeatable lifetime, like Mm. process that will help you to reconnect to exactly who you are and what you are meant to be doing in the world. So we go through everything. We learn how to quiet the mind so that you can actually hear your soul speak. We learn how to tap into your inner authority, what your intuition sounds like, how it sounds, how you're meant to follow it. We do a lot of nervous system work, a lot of emotional intelligence work. So we're building all of the foundational aspects that you need to be able to be the most authentic and empowered version of yourself so that you can share your light in the world and you can live free. You can live the way that you are meant to, and you can, you can follow your own unique path in the world and create the wealth, the abundance, the impact, all of the things that you truly desire for yourself. Break this down for me. Is this an online program? Is this individualized? Is it smaller group setting? Do you have a team? (laughs) All of the things. So there's a couple, there's two ways to do it. You can do it one-on-one with me, which is of course, going to be the more intensive, higher investment. But the way that I love to run it too is in a group setting. So there's smaller groups and the relationships of the women in these groups that form is so Mm. profound. Like you become soul sisters, like lifelong comrades in this journey of living free. There have been women who did the program three years ago who still have like regular calls to check in on each other, to hold each other accountable, Mm. to support each other. And it's such a beautiful thing to see. So it's small groups. We meet live um, and do live coaching on calls, but we also have um, the online portal that has all of the lessons, that has all of the worksheets, that has all of the meditations and the visualizations and all of the deep work that we do. And so it's a bit of a hybrid. You're going to have some live in-person stuff. You're going to have some time on your own to do some self-reflection and some soul work. Um, And all together, it's just an incredible life transforming journey that takes you to the next level, that brings you back into your whole and aligned self. And it's, it's my favorite thing to do. It's so profound to see the shifts that happen, even in the first like couple of lessons. But by the end of three months together, these women are walking out completely revived, whole, worthy. It's, it's the most, it's the most amazing thing. Mm, So it's three months and there are calls, weekly calls or lessons every week or. Yeah. It's once a week. Yeah. There's live, live coaching and there's live lessons every week. Once a week commitment for three months. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I'm like, well, I'm sold. Yay. (laughs) I love you. I can't believe this conversation, like the alignment and the things that you have spoken to, like to a T, not even like, oh, that kind of relates. It's like, just what are we the same person? Which actually literally, which actually kind of like leads me to like kind of the, even the purpose of, of my podcast. And like, I've rebranded it a couple of times. I'm like, whatever, that's just who I am as a human, but it's the connected podcast because it reminds us that yes, our stories are individual and our experiences are unique, but like in essence, 
we are all made of the same things. We all feel the same things and we're all going to experience on some level, the same thing. So I'm like, 100%. Right. So I'm like blown away, but I'm also like reassured because it's like, we are friggin' in this together. We are, we just need that reminder sometimes. Um, really, we need a reminder and we need a place that's safe enough for us to like explore that for ourselves mm-hmm. um, to be held in that for sure. So I think that wraps up all of my big, big questions, revelations. Um, is there anything that you'd like to share to close any final thoughts or anything? Mm. I, I mean, just coming back to, I love the fact that you've had several rebrands. I think that's so important. Like if we're not growing, we're dying. There's, I think there's a mm-hmm. saying that says, if you're not growing, you're dying. Like if there's mm-hmm. nothing new that's happening in your world, then that's the sign that something needs to change. But the fact that it's called the connected podcast right now is so powerful because we are all connected. There is nothing new in the universe, there's like just recycled things like the air we breathe has passed through every, every iteration. Like it's been around the world. Like we are the breath of stars. We're all made up of everything. And so the more that we can understand that we're not these solitary experiences, we all have impact um, on each other. And the more that we can connect with what impact we are meant to have on the world what impact we are meant to leave or what imprint we're meant to leave while we're here. And the more that we can do that, the more the world will move from a space of like competition and chaos to one of collaboration and collective rising. Mm. So, I mean, it all comes back to the relationship that you have with yourself. If you can be who you were meant to be and all of you, that's how you change the world. That's how Mm. you live the life you're meant for. That's how you live free. So yeah, I think, I think it's just, it's such a powerful thing that you're doing with this podcast, with the way you show up in the world, with the way you trust yourself and connect with people. And Mm. I'm just so grateful for you for reaching out, for having this conversation, for getting in touch and yeah, really, really grateful. I'm glad we had this chat. Me too. And thank you. And amen. And all the things where, where can the listeners go to connect with you after the episode? What's the best place? Um, the best place is probably on Instagram. I'm Leah. Um, what am I at Leah.Rathate? <laughs> don't even know anymore. And, um, I mean, you can also check out my website, leahbrathwaite.com, which is due for a refresh. Um, anything that you want to know about the live free lifestyle, you can send me a DM or you can visit www.thelivefreelifestyle.ca. Um, or if you just like Google me, it's linked everywhere. It's like, it's what I do. It's amazing. Signature. (laughs) You'll find it. Um, yeah. Amazing. And when does it start? I don't think I asked you. Uh, oh, it's going to be starting mid-October. Mid-October. So perfect timing. Look at us serendipitously finding that perfect. (laughs) I love it. Uh, well, Leah, thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation. It has truly lit me up and I know the listeners are going to get so much out of it. Mm, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.